Southern storm of bold, liberating rock, shot through with blues, soul, and gospel. And now, your hosts for the show, Brian Jones and Jason Johannes. Welcome to another episode of the All Things Blues and Southern Rock Podcast, now on Pantheon Podcast. You can go to Pantheon and find all your favorite music podcasts. As always, Jason's with me. Uh, what's going on today, man? I am doing fantastic. Nothing special other than we're going to be talking to some cool people about a great festival out of the Midwest. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Yeah, I want to talk, you know, about the blues. You know, we we were always wanting to give more love to the blues along with our Southern Rock. You know, I've up here, I've been to the uh, uh, Bayfront Blues Festival in Duluth and, of course, the Fargo Blues Festival. But I look around and look around you know, festivals in the upper Midwest and Wisconsin, Minnesota, and down, you know, further south of the Plain States. And so I, I came across this festival in Paxco, Kansas, a really small town. And I, I I was interested in, first of all, because that's the weekend of my birthday. So I'm always looking for something cool to do, you know what I mean? So, well, you know, turns out not going this year, but, you know, uh, you know, it's kind of looking like this is, we got to do this next year for sure. So, but we're talking we, about, the... we should talk together to arrange that, Brian, because yeah, I oh, for sure. Yeah, there. for sure. Um, so we're talking about the Paxco Blues Festival in Paxco, Kansas, a free festival that started out in 2004. Our guests are Seth and Bud, who uh, Bud is uh, Seth's father-in-law and they are founders of the pot or the festival and uh, we had a, a great opportunity to talk to them, and and I had a blast and learned some things. Um, yeah, it was great, great conversation. And you know, I'm just this is you know, I'm giddy. This is gonna be a great episode. Yeah, I think everybody will appreciate too. It, it, it you know, Paxico is a small. I called it Plaxico, like Plaxico <laughs> Burris, the, the yeah. football player. Paxico, uh, small town, very small town. You'll hear it grew very organically by people who are passionate about blues music. It has a good history of blues music. And, you know, it's a cool small town, man. And like, again, I think people are going to hear this, hear the story, how it originated up to where we're at now, about 20 years later. Yeah. in a town full of antique, antique stores, man. My wife's listening. Don't. (laughs) Hey, I'm in the same boat, brother. (laughs) All right, you guys uh, sit back and relax and listen to our conversation with Bud and Seth, founders of the Paxco Blues Festival. Golden silk, silken days. 
Welcome to the guest segment of the podcast. Jason's going to introduce our guest uh, that we told you is going to be on. Yep. Very excited tonight. We're going to talk about a blues festival, and we've got the founders and, and the guys who helped put everything together for the festival, so we're going to find all about all about it here. And we have Bud Hunt and Seth Dunlap with us tonight. How are you guys doing? We're doing great. Yeah, doing great. Thanks for having us. Bud, did I get your last name right? Because I didn't ask you ahead of time how to pronounce it. It's Hund, yes. You Very good. Right. Woo! Brian, I didn't screw it up. You did it. You did it. <laughs> Are you guys in both in Paxico? Is that where or is that area? Or tell us about Paxico a little bit, just the town itself, before we get into the history of the festival. Okay, uh, it was founded in 1886, and uh, I'm a member of a family, a seven generation family. We came here in 1871, uh, basically a farming family, German immigrants. But along with the German immigrants came the railroad in 1886. And a lot of African-American people got jobs working on the railroad and working in the farms and doing farming themselves. And they immigrated from the South. Uh, you know, we, uh, we had a, this whole county that's a strong history uh, of being free state. And that, that was a big issue previous to the war. But uh, all that uh, amounted to a lot of African-American people coming to this part of the country. So, uh, you know, the town of Paxico had a large uh, population of these uh, people and uh, they had their own church, uh, Colored Math Methodist Episcopal Church. Uh, there uh, they, they, was a huge Juneteenth celebration in this town that uh, train loads of people came out from Kansas City to celebrate Juneteenth. So, so a uh, real uh, strong tradition of African-American people and in a totally different sense than some other towns. Uh, they integrated into the communities, uh, the farms, the, the churches and so forth. But there is a strong uh, presence of music always in this town, whether it be from the German immigrants or the African-American people. And uh, so uh, the beginning of this festival started over a cup of coffee in a cafe in Paxico when a African-American woman opened the door and said, this is my hometown. And I said, oh, I'm sorry, I don't know who you are. She said, I'm Marvine McKithen. I grew up here. And she said, I, I haven't been here for 30 years. And something told me to pull off the highway and stop in this town. And I said, oh, wow. I said, well, well what do you do, Marvine? She said, well, I'm a music entrepreneur. I've owned clubs. I've worked in clubs. I put on a music festival in Kansas City, Kansas for years. And I said, that's, that's interesting. We were just having this conversation about how we'd like to have a music festival. And we like blues. So that was the beginning of it right there. Marvin is now 90 years old. She'll be there at our festival next week. That's awesome. She's, she's still lively in conversation and long conversations <laughs> you talk to her on the phone and so she can she can talk a lot about kansas city junction city paxico uh and how the music was you know integrated into the communities and of course i'm sure you know about kansas city and, and the 
jazz that emanated from from that city after you know even after prohibition was passed they said we're not going to do that here in kansas city and so in down on 18th and vine in kansas city became a district for music 75 clubs sprung up in that area and they went 24 7. so hence the music came to Kansas City. Now, the Kansas City didn't invent jazz, but they sure as heck promoted it. Charlie Parker, Camp Basie, and many more. So the beginning of our festival was to, well, where are we going to get these bands to play? And Marvie McKithen was instrumental in that because she was so well connected to the, to the whole music, blues music scene in Kansas City. So that was the beginning of it. And it started on a hay trailer with uh, people bringing a few lawn chairs or probably 20 or 30 people showed up. And we continued through the years to promote and try to get people to come to our town, which is an antique town of antique stores. And I am an antique dealer and that's what I've done for 50 years as of this year. So, but I always loved music. I promoted it and would hire a, a band and, and rent a dance hall when I was 19, 20 years old, just for fun because I wanted all my friends to have a good time and enjoy the music. So that that was kind of the whole story and how it started. And now it's progressed to something bigger than we ever imagined it could be. And Seth can tell you a little bit about how we select the people who play the festival the artist and what we focused on and have over the years. Seth, do you want to talk a little bit about that? I think these guys have a couple questions. Yeah, yeah, I, just want, I just wanted okay. to say a great intro. Uh, Marvine sounds very fascinating. How is she doing for 90? Is she still lively? Is she still? A uh, little, not a little bit on a walker, but not all the time. She comes to the festival. She sits right at, on uh, my doorstep uh right right on uh, newberry avenue right next to the stage she greets people all day she's very very lively and entertaining uh very conversational uh yeah she <laughs> she has a kind of a, a story to tell about her upbringing uh her father was part uh potawatomi indian and her mother was uh African-American, and uh, she came from a fairly large family and uh, and one of the many families that lived there. And, uh, and she did a lot of, with, really involved in entertainment a lot and, and, and focused on blues. And it was just that chance meeting of her was just like we couldn't believe what she was telling us because we asked her if she'd help us you know she said i can get you the bands i know all the bands in kansas city that, that play blues and i know the clubs i know the club owners so uh that's what she's done until she retired you know maybe 10 years ago or so uh, gave up her festival uh gave up she worked the door a lot at different clubs in in the city which gave her an opportunity to listen to all the all the people that came to play, and uh, 
on one of our first uh, meetings with her in Kansas City was at the Paradox Club. Now, the Paradox Club was a juke joint, a genuine juke joint. And I know you, you have them in the South, and but there was one in Kansas City at the, at the convergence of the Kansas and the Missouri River. And that's where all the boats came in and unloaded. And that juke joint uh, existed up until maybe 15 years ago. I don't know, 12, 15 years ago, it caught fire and burned down. But, uh, I have never been in a club like that. Such a diverse clientele. Prey uh, Ocean people who live in that near that neighborhood. A lot of elderly African-Americans, young people, uh, not too many white people, but it was a club where you paid. She worked the door. The door was closed. You had to pay. She would look at the camera, decide if she wanted to let you in. You paid $2 to go in. And they had a Tuesday night jam session, and we listened to the people that came to the jam sessions. And uh, one of them was D.C. Bellamy, and who D.C. was one of our first uh, entertainers in his band to, to perform at the festival. And I think he's made five appearances in various years uh, over, over the time that we've had the festival. And uh, so uh, that was that that was the beginning. That was the start. And so it, it was an interesting aspect a chance meeting with this woman who we didn't know, uh, who hadn't lived there for 30 years or even been there. And that for something, some reasons, uh, a voice told her to pull off the highway and see what was going on in Paxico. Yeah. And it's, um, and here we are nearly 20 years later and it's become something pretty remarkable for, for everybody that's involved. And Marvine's still very much involved and we keep her really in the loop and, and make sure that, you know, she uh, you know is able to get to the festival and participate in some of the events that we do throughout the year so um she's she's there to participate as, as much as she physically can and she'll tell you when she can't so she's uh she's fantastic <laughs> hello pantheon podcast listeners christian swain here to tell you more about my experience with raycon earbuds our family now has three pairs of raycon earbuds around the house and my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price and yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. 
Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Who are the, some of the artists that you guys have had over the years? Uh, who are, I'm sorry. Yeah, who are some of the artists? Um, so I, I think that's, you know, what's unique about this festival. And I think with um, Bud and Marvine's relationship over the years and like Bud was saying, the pipeline that, that she had to talent kind of throughout the Midwest, um, <clears throat> you know, on the scene in Kansas City. Um, this festival has always really been about one supporting local blues artists and also young and up and coming blues artists. Um, you know, we like to say that, you know, we have we have the, you know, the the up and coming talent in, in town before they hit the national stage. And we've had many, many occasions of that. I mean, you know, you look back over the years, just kind of looking, you know, standing here and looking backwards, um, you know, like Samantha Fish uh, came through. Um, you know, I guess that's been seven, eight, nine years ago now, and now she's certainly a blues act and, and, you know, we get to see her and all over the country. I just saw her in concert like two months ago. She's amazing, right? Yep. Oh yeah. Incredible. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I live, I live in New Orleans and she, she spends a lot of her time down here. So we get to see her quite a bit and to see her headlining jazz fest. Well, you're, <laughs> you know, not even Mexico? you're not even Mexico. You're not no, even, you're not even Missouri. Live, I live in, I live in New Orleans, um, with my wife who is, is Bud's daughter. So Bud is my, my father. Oh, okay. That's how I get the relationship. <laughs> I didn't which really have much to Which we can get to, uh, that. which we can get to the, uh, that, 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 that scenario here, <laughs> here down the line. But, um, but yeah, we get to see her all the time now, and then this and see her in Paxco first, and then Jazz Set Best Sex, and something pretty incredible. But Marvin has still has great relationships um, with like Danielle Nicole and and some of these great young artists that that have now hit the scene pretty hard. Um, but also the legends, you know, like DC Bellamy and and people that were just on the scene for so long and continue to be part of this festival. And DC comes back, like I said, nearly all, all, every year. It seems like we did an event um, this summer to raise money, and both Marvine and DC came and played basically for Marvine <laughs> at that that at that little event we did over the summer when we were coming back to the festival in 2022. So it's a really a community feel. And, and, you know, we, we love to get new talent coming through. And this year we have some, some spectacular young talent um, that's from, from the region coming through and also some national acts. And so as we kind of move here and this festival's evolved, it's really a combination of new and upcoming talent in the region um, that's accessible and help support them. And then, um, you know, where we can get some national acts and make Paxco a, a great attraction because it all benefits the community. It all benefits the artists. Um, and that's, you know, that's what we try to accomplish with a free festival. It's really awesome that you guys are focusing on the newer talent, you know, before, you know, like you said, you had Samantha Fish before she got big. And that's just kind of like how this podcast works, you know, with a lot of the, musicians artists bands from the southeast we're talking to people that that you know some people don't have never even heard of you know at least in my area i'm in north dakota so but uh yeah it's it's just great you know we have a lot of enjoy a lot of you know helping to support and promote the newer newer artists so i just wanted to say that's really awesome you guys do that yeah i mean same to you guys like i said um i think when it came on um 
it's just uh it, it was great to hear the wide range of conversations you have and then the attention that you give to different regions and parts of the country and thing, people just doing things in music and and i think especially now in this you know in this day and age where it's been a tough time and we see it all the time with these artists mm -hmm. you know getting back started after the pandemic and you know us coming back after the pandemic the one thing that we want to make sure we did first was pay the artists and pay the artists well um and that's that's always our 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 you know our first goal and then hopefully you know with the support of all of our sponsors and community and 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 donors um be able to give back to the community after the festival and um you know last year we were, we were able to introduce um a scholarship in marvin's name so we have a scholarship now in marvin's name supporting local music arts entrepreneurial spirit in the county um named after marvin and, and because of her you know contributions obviously not just to blues but the, to the community with this with this festival and how it's grown over the years yeah and you know kind of going on the conversation set that you and brian just had um supporting new upcoming artists man it's great that you guys do that particularly in the festival setting because it is hard out there for any new acts to get a toehold or get their names out there again you know brian and i talked to a lot of these newer lesser known artists so for you guys to do that and expect you know um give them exposure to a lot more people than going through the club circuit you know it's just that's that's great that you guys are doing that and you you focus a lot of your efforts to to, to promote people um yeah no like i said i appreciate that and, and same to you guys like this this gives that festival even greater scope and these artists greater scope and and it's that's what it's all about is this community and um and yeah it is a grind we see it you know we see it with these artists um and you know to and i think that's why a lot of them enjoy paxico i mean and hopefully you guys will get to get to attend one day but going back to bud's kind of overview of the town it's just it's a small town. It's a, you know, it's 200 people. It's an old town. It's a storied town, but it's a beautiful town. And, you know, it's historic landscape, historic lands or backdrop with the Flint Hills landscape. And it's just really kind of a magical place. And we just plop a stage down right center town and, and, and these artists, you know, just let them be free and be them. And the, and the crowd always embraces it and always comes out and always supports it. And, um, we saw it this year with our, or last year in 2022 with our first year back, um, how, you know, emotionally attached this community is to this festival and how much it was missed when it was gone and how much it means to, um, a lot of just the, um, vibrance of, of that community, the, you know, ability to keep, um, you know, keep resources around, um, you know, in this environment. And I think it's, it's, it's great to be back and great to have talent that wants to come play. <laughs> I'm always I'm always wanting to learn more about how festivals are created, uh, what all goes into it, like the technical aspects. Like, we, I'm no is this your festival is like a little smaller, or like how many people do you usually get in attendance? Well, you know, it's always kind of hard to gauge because it's a free festival, and so we don't sell tickets. Um, there's been guesstimates anywhere from you know two or three grand to five or 6,000 people in this town. Wow. People. So that's impressive. Um, we guess throughout the day it's three or 4,000 people that come through the festival. So it's to, from to a 210 population town. Yeah. And from 11 a.m. to 8 p.m. throughout the day, come and go, we, we can, and, and, you know, that's from looking at photos and trying to guesstimate and see, you know, who comes in and out throughout the day, but it's a come and go festival. It's a free festival. So it's really kind of hard to guess. I think if you ask Bud, he, um, he definitely has some ideas, but, um, you know, like he said, it started on a, on a hay bale, um, you know, a, a basically a hayride blues festival in 2004. 
and it's just evolved every year and it's truly because of the community and, and the, the community that embraces it and supports it and the sponsors and the small businesses and everything like that. Yeah, my question is going to be, I mean, what kind of infrastructure, what kind of help do you need to be able to have that many people show up in a, a literal small town? Well, Bud can speak to that because for many years it was it was a pretty much a skeleton crew as him and and you know um, my mother-in-law Kathy and and really kind of folks that worked at the antique store, right, Bud? Yeah, uh, we have a community foundation, uh, uh, you know, six people on a committee, and uh, they 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 are involved, and uh, you know the local 4-H club does all the cleanup after the festival. We get we get a lot of community involvement, and uh, so uh, yeah, you know I I see other festivals and they they have you know uh, six hundred people uh, volunteering to help put it on, and you know with about the same you know maybe a six thousand uh, people crowd. Uh, and I think, wow, why do you need 600 people? We're only working with about 15 or 20 here. But uh, I think, I think, you know, you have to love to do it, even though it's a lot of hard work and can be uh, frustrating and uh, there's pressure to get all the things done. But I think there's a certain bit of enjoyment that people who are involved see the look on people's face, the smile, and the fact that they dance at this festival. There's a place in front of the stage where they can get up and dance. And in, in, in many years, they dance on the first song by the first band. So <laughs> that, to me, it's probably pretty incredible. And, uh, you know, it, it, it has a different feel. The whole town has always kind of been that way. It's been a, the kind of town that would attract a crowd if there was some event going on. Whether it be a street dance or a sausage festival that they put on at the church or, you know, it just, uh, it's it's the type of town that uh, somehow has that special feeling. And, and sometimes I, I don't sense it. I can't put my finger on it, but it definitely will draw a crowd if there's something going on there. So, uh, but all of that uh, contributes to people wanting to help out. And we do have people from come from all across the country. You know, some of them are friends and some are relatives and uh, they all have their, their, their jobs and they have a board uh, directors and they coordinate through the year, uh, dividing up all their responsibilities and who's doing what. And, uh, we have an excellent production man from uh, Kansas City, and uh, he, uh, in terms of production, I think he's one of the best, especially when you're doing outdoor like that. Uh, you know, I attend a few concerts that are outdoor, and I think, oh, man, it's a, it's a challenge, especially if there's wind. <laughs> you <know>? but, <laughs> Wait, you got to uh, get wind in Kansas? Come on. <laughs> Yeah, this guy is walking around with an iPod controlling that stage. Uh, there's no soundboard anymore. It's it's all done with an iPod. He has all the latest equipment, and he he's an amazing guy for production. And I I think that's important, uh, especially if you're sitting a distance from the stage, 
you want to be able to hear it. You want to be able to hear the lyrics. You want to be able to to feel good about what you're hearing. And he he somehow projects that out into the crowd and, and down the street between the buildings, the historic buildings. And uh, so anyway, it's uh, and then we do have great food. We have a great variety of food. So it's not just a hot dog stand and popcorn and, and uh, lemonade. But uh, so, uh, you know, that is uh, an attraction. And, you know, people, if they come at 10 o'clock in the morning, you know, they'll probably eat a couple of meals there by, by 8, 30, 9 o'clock at night. And uh, Seth, maybe you want to talk about what goes on after the stage shuts down. <laughs> um i'm not sure if you guys had a, had a question there for bud um yeah well i think so there's a lot that goes into it yes and, and it's evolved over the years it started out as a handful of people that i think put it on early and and bud and kathy and the, and the family and the community there's worked really hard over the years to grow the people that participate and so there's a number of people have different roles um as we came back from the pandemic in 2022 um there's a little bit of a generational switch here on on putting on the festival as as Bud is and Kathy have, have um, very rightfully so wanted to sit back and enjoy the festival rather than put it on after after yeah, yeah, yeah. 15 years. So um, now we have really everybody involved. Um, you know, folks that live in Paxico, um, the extended family and relatives from the east coast to the west coast to down here in the south coast. So. Um, there's a number of different talented people on this board that come from different backgrounds that are involved in music that are involved in, you know, all kind of the whole spectrum of things, photography and music and art and, and lots of things. And so we have a very good, well-rounded perspective, but also, um, a board that helps kind of steer this festival, um, um, that is either born in Paxico or, or is affiliated and married into Paxico, maybe like myself, but, um, <laughs> so, uh, it's great because this, this festival, this free festival will hit 20 years old next year and, and it's moved into the next generation. And we're really just trying to learn from what Bud and, and everyone from that community did that built this and see how we can make it sustainable for the next 20 years. And we're just kind of, you know, we're just acting as stewards of this festival for hopefully the next 20 years until maybe somebody else wants to step in and take it over. But it's the community's festival at the end of the day. It's the artist's festival. Um, you know, it's the it's the people that that make this thing happen every year through their support. And that's whose festival it is. And that's what's so great about it, I think. It sounds like from the committee and, and the community and all that, 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 it, that it goes pretty well. And I wonder if that's something you know, as you do it from year to year, does there get to be like a, a system that just runs really well? I always wonder about like legality stuff, like permits or or parking or anything like that. Or, or when all those people come in there, do they, is there camping or does all that stuff work out pretty smooth too? Um, yeah, I mean, it just kind of all fits in. There's a campground directly adjacent to the city of Paxco on the other side of of the uh, railroad track. So it's it's walking distance, um, which fills up pretty fast and usually books out, you know, a year in advance sometimes for this vessel, if not more. Um, and then there's a lot of areas, you know, around uh, the Flint Hills and in the county um, for some lodging. You, you, you know, you have, you're kind of directly in between, between Topeka and Manhattan. Um, so you, you have a lot of uh, resources there. Um, a lot of people camp, um, but, um, 
yeah, there's, you know, people that come all over, like I said, for this festival and, and they all kind of find their way and they all settle in for the day and they bring their coolers and, and they pick their spot and then they get up and dance around. And then as Bud alluded to, sometimes there's some, some more evening activities that take place. What, 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 what's going on that night? Well, <laughs> just like everything else, you know, it's a natural evolution. You can't just, you know, you can't turn it on and just turn it off and send everybody home. So an organic party, right? They'll, they don't <laughs> yeah. flip the so, switch and uh, people just leave. Yeah. It started out as just a little kind of open mic jam session. There's a wood. So next to the stage in this town, this historic town that Bud has, has been very, um, you know, influential in, in, re in restoring and, and preserving. Uh, there's old, there's this old town hall called Woodman Hall. And so it kind of spills into there. And we've now we're having, you know, some of the artists that are having so much fun, they don't want to leave. They they hang around throughout the night and, you know, kind of just jam all night long until everyone everyone's ready to go home. So it's just kind of an organic thing that has taken a mind of its own and it's become more and more, uh, I would say, um, um I would say I don't know. I would I don't want to say professional, but um, we've had had more of the professional like stick around than than maybe it was just some family members jamming around. For me. <laughs> it's fun yeah. either way. It's going to be like Woodstock at some point. It's it's all fun, yeah. and there's and there's place and time, and there's you know there's space for everybody, and it's great. So now we you know we have folks that just want to play all night long, and and everyone together. So it's great. So this year you've got women and women sorry women in the blues for your lineup. You want to talk about the lineup? this year yeah um so back to to kind of just finding talent um this year uh the group of a, a group of us went to um uh, memphis for the the international blues competition and so that was really great we talked about it for years and bud bud came with us as well um so it was seven, know, six six or seven of us Think that went down with that and we made a lot of great relationships and connections with blue art artists kind of all across the country so um i think that's a, been a great resource for us early as we've you know like i said this this different group has kind of taken over and, and marvine and, and some of the other folks have stepped back on on finding talent um so we've we've actually previous years we did a, a all women's lineup um i think maybe 2015 or something i can't remember exactly but it was 10 so, years ago yeah 10 years yeah 14, 13. It's hard to believe it's been that long. Um, so we always wanted, it was great success and one of the, you know, largest festivals we've had. And so we've always wanted to, to do it again and, and do it regularly. And um, this year it came together, I think, from, from that trip to Memphis, um, from um, some folks that we've had on, you know, in mind that we'd like to have at the festival um, in the region as well. So um, this year we're, we're really thrilled. And I think we have a really great group of artists from new and up and coming um, artists from like Alyssa and um, Alyssa. Um, and then, um, and then also um, more national acts uh, like Kara Ranger and making sure I'm not getting these names mixed up as I'm trying to think out loud here, but um, and then local acts like Maria the Mexican, um, who's out of Topeka, and um, Jay Love, who's actually, this will be her second time. She's out of Kansas City area, and this will be her second time performing at the festival. Um, and she's also, um, you know, performed at our wedding, which was um, around the same time of the festival 12 years ago. So Jay Love, oh, nice. so three or four times. We actually found her um, through our wedding band. We went to, to, to see her play in Kansas City. And found her for a wedding band and then immediately have asked her, asked her back to pass. 
many, many times. Um, but then uh, Kelly Baker, who we're really excited about um, from the East Coast, from the New York area, um, was someone who we developed, um, got to see and developed relationship with in, in Memphis. And and she's she's really excited, um, you know, to come and play PAX ago. So we have a full lineup of, of you know, full great day of music. And, and all of these artists have been really engaged and, and have been really great to see their enthusiasm to come to PAX ago. So we're really excited about it. Yeah, I've even found Seth and Bud some artists too to check out. And I just right before you guys got on, I sent Brian a clip of uh, Kara Granger playing with Ashley Venable and yeah. Joanna Connor, which was really super cool. And I'm like, man, Kara Granger's great. I've been checking out Kelly Baker, awesome. But Brian, those would be good people for us to actually have on the podcast. Yeah, that's kind of a that's uh, kind of a cool byproduct. We always want to find out about new artists, you know. Yeah. Um, um, well, always... listen. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Alyssa, Alyssa Galvin is is fantastic too, and and mm -hmm. you know we got to see her in Memphis, and she's from the Kansas Missouri area, but young young talent, young and up and coming talent. I think she's, she's about seventeen, maybe eighteen yeah, she, years old, and she's just phenomenal. We um, don't let minors come on; they got to be at least eighteen. <laughs> right. That's our threshold. <laughs> right. Right. You uh, could close but, your eyes and hear her sing and play. You won't think she's a minor. I guarantee. You. She's got yeah. a big, powerful, soulful voice, and she's she's going to be on the scene for a long time to come. So just keep an keep an eye out for her for sure. She's but yeah, national acts to local acts, and this is what we're trying to do and mix it up. And I think we have a great great mix of of super talented female artists here. Well, check out our podcast for talent scouting as well. You know, again, like we <laughs> talked about earlier, we like to focus on a lot of upcoming and, and new artists as well yeah yeah is there, to, is there any, anybody that you guys have pursued or just that haven't been able to, to get on the festival yet anybody that you're really looking at that you haven't got yet um no i mean we we really know pretty quickly if if kingfish if, uh, oh christopher kingfish oh man yes wow. several years ago we found out about him and we tried but it, we, we couldn't pull that off financially <laughs> yeah quick enough before he before it got too expensive oh yeah and then he got those four rows uh, awards in a row and it was like oh now it's out of the question but uh yeah how i mean how do you do it how, um, do you listen to somebody and is it is there something about the way they play or sing that um, motivates you or I've always looked for newer artists, even when, you know, some of the music I was listening to as a teenager, you know, um, I, you know, Spotify is a good place where I'll be listening to somebody I like, and then, you know, go down to the bottom and it'll say, you know, whatever artist radio, you know, and then you'll, I just, to me, it's like, if I hear or read the name of a band sounds cool, bring the picture up and they look like they belong on stage. That's, that's a big part of it. A lot of time it's just Googling. Like I could, you know, Google, you know, whatever, Wichita music scene or Kansas city music scene. And some places have websites. And like you said, yeah, I just read through the names and, you know, it, it seems like when you come across more creative names, that tends to be a good path to follow. And uh -huh. plus we always ask our guests, like, you know, throw a name out there that maybe we haven't heard of that you think will like rock our socks off, you know? So that's kind of, kind of how we do that like that. Um, uh, I guess I had a question about like, since it's a free festival, is it like to be able to pay artists is that all come through sponsors? Yeah, exactly. And I guess that's where I was getting at, um, you know, and it's important to find some of this talent 
super early when we can still approach them as Bud yeah. alluded to. Um, uh, it's all through, it's all through sponsors. We have a long list of, of sponsors that many have been there from the first festival. And so it's, you know, small businesses, um, in, in the community, local, you know, local donors in the community. You have a Stuckies I saw on the website. <laughs> yeah. I can't believe there's still Stuckies around. Yeah. yeah. We had one in Paxico out on the highway. I, I, now, Brian, now I have to. Do, Brian, do you even know what Stuckies is? I'm from the Midwest. You're no, from the I, upper. I, I've never heard of Stuckies. I'm going to try. So I'm going to try <laughs> to describe it. And Bud and Seth, please, please correct me. But it's like a truck stop slash diner slash gift shop. Yeah. Uh, well, it's a pretty magical place that may or may not contain a Baskin Robbins. Yeah, it sounds like any regular truck stop. Thank you. Kind well, of, it's, but it's you go know, ahead, bud. Kind of a happy it, place. Yeah. It goes back yeah. to the '60s. It went, the first job I had off the farm was working as a pump jockey in a Stucky store out on the highway. That was about 1964, and they were just really expanding at that time. And I learned that you don't say pecan, you say pecan. <laughs> Did you it's know that? Uh, I did well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we do that. That's that's all you learned from that job. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's why you still don't work there. So that's great. Uh, yeah, we no, we have a number of, of of great sponsors. A lot of them been there for for a long time, and and we have a handful of of sponsors that are that are have come on in the you know last year and this year since we've been back since the pandemic, and so our support continues to grow, and with that you know, the support that we can give to musicians in the community will continue to grow. Um, but the other the other main um, source of, of this festival and making this festival happen is the day of donations. And we rely heavily on on, you know, the folks that come and the folks that that put money in the bucket. And we still, you know, old fashioned, put some coins in the bucket and walk through the crowd and engage with the crowd and and take dollar, you know, anything mm -hmm. helps donations. And that's a big bulk of what puts us on is the festival goers. And and that's what I really mean. Like this festival is, is, is theirs. You know, we say it's a free festival, but it's only free because of the support of, of the festival goers and the sponsors in the community. Um, and that's really what makes it a special festival at the end of the day. You know, it could never be the same festival if it was done any other way, in our opinion. We, um, speaking now again about sponsorship, has that been, uh, you know, has that been a smooth process? Do you have you had to like, you know, contact people repetitively? Have they been pretty open or pretty pretty warm to the idea of doing that? Like, how does that usually go for you? Bud, you want to you want to touch on that first? I think. Well, you know, as Seth mentioned, a, a lot of them were longtime sponsors, and. Uh, and, and some, you know, even over the years, these small businesses have changed hands. They still have maybe retained the, the name of the business, a tire store, a, uh, you know, a plumbing shop, a, uh, you know, uh, all the all the really small uh, donors. We, we really haven't tapped into any major, major corporations. And, you know, we tried that years ago and it was some, somewhat frustrating because of uh, what the the corporations re required, and particularly the beer companies and and that sort of thing, and the soda companies, uh, so we've kind of stayed with this this small town idea of you know the bank is involved and in the uh, you know we have the the, the uh, 
Mayetta, uh, Potawatomi Band, uh, is a casino at Mayetta, and they they contribute. And uh, there's a, the telephone company. <laughs> I mean, you know, yeah. it, it's a lot of small town stuff, and yeah. uh, and people want to be there. They want they want to be a part of it. You know, and uh, it, no, it, no, there's no serious arm twisting going on. Uh, you know, it's just. Uh, year to year and and we you know we ask them you know you want to be a part of us next year you know if we see them you know we see them we go to get a tire fixed or whatever uh and they they're 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 on board year to year what's the food situation like there uh, uh lots of lots of variety maybe seth you know more maybe yeah we, yeah um i mean the food is is pretty remarkable um and again from all over the region from kansas city to to far east or far probably a lot of good barbecue or the west uh barbecue for sure um you know we have a good good mix um barbecue we have everything from you know savory to sweet tacos to you know hamburgers and turkey legs and um, you know, mini donuts and shaved ice and popcorn and, um, um, you know, whole, whole array of things. And so we've, and, and this year we've added a number of different vendors as, as well. So I think we've, we've added probably 30% more vendors this year than we had last year. And last year was a good turnout, even though, again, it's been hard for these vendors too. And, and, you know, yeah. we, we sympathize with them um coming back from the pandemic and they didn't you know they were curious if anyone was going to show up to the festival and if they you know if it was worth their time and investment and you know were they going to make money and you know so we, we we try to work with them to keep the vendors that we've had coming around for years and to make sure that that you know they're sustainable just like the festival is sustainable and we've got a pretty great working relationship with a number of them that come back every year and want their spot back every year and this year they've come back strong and, and last year you know it just proved the festival you know what the festival is you know everyone showed up um everyone you know participated in the festival and everyone spent money on food vendors and the food vendors did great and they were super eager to come back and mark it on the calendar coming next year and so you know just like with all of our partners on this from charlie at, at see the sound and in, in riverside missouri to you know our stage guys to the sponsors to the vendors um and the folks that come out and it, it, may, it takes all of them together to make it happen and, and to keep it the, the, the festival that it is Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. So, Bud, I, I just got to ask you, um, when did you first start getting into blues? I'd love to hear, like, you know, just older stories. You know, of course, blues is a, a kind of music that has survived all the, the the pop fads that come and go. Blues is always there. It will always exist. So I'd love to hear how you first got into blues. Well, you know, I'm 75 years old, so grew up in the 60s. And... Uh, Never was a big fan of country. I, I liked bluegrass because I had friends that played in the bluegrass band, and I used to hire those guys uh, to put on a, a dance at an old uh, dance hall. And uh, But then we, it was kind of country rock that kind of came in, you know. Uh, 
uh, you know, and I was a kind of a fan of that. But then I got into jazz for a while. I, I've, I've switched around a lot. I, jazz, I used to go to jazz clubs, bought, bought a lot of LP jazz artists. And then, I don't know, we got closer to the 70s. And I, I, I really liked the sound. I mean, you know, you think about it, you know, here comes the Rolling Stones and they're playing blues music and, and some of the other bands. It was all like, wow, I, I really like this, you know? And uh, so I kind of uh, moved moved that way and uh, had a friend that played in an all-black band. Uh, he was the only white guy, and I used to go with him to the clubs in Kansas City, and I, I like a roadie sort of guy. and But I wanted to support him and his band. They were from Topeka. And uh, the, this, you know, I liked being around the people you know i liked the the people involved in the music and then uh you know it just it kind of stuck with me and i thought about a lot how it would be great to have some blues musicians come out and play a festival didn't know how i could put that together uh but uh continue to listen to it and i have an antique store I do a lot of WWOZ out of uh, New Orleans, uh, which is streamed in, in streamed radio. I do a lot of Better Blues, which is out of uh, California. Uh, and that's a great station to listen to because they do a lot of unknown artists uh, on that program. And, uh, you know, then I listen to that. You know, there's the King brother, B.B. King. And, and uh and his brothers and you know i love that kind of music and you know and of course he has a show on xm now it's all oops dropped my phone here are you, you still hear me yep. yep okay and and i guess that's kind of what got me started in it you know and and uh, then a really special club opened up in in Topeka about 15 or 16 years ago. And a, and a, and a, a classmate of my wife from Topeka, that they, they were from Topeka and they went to high school together, was a, a longtime club owner. And she opened a club in South Topeka probably 25 years ago. And I, and I would go down there and she'd bring in these blues acts, uh, mostly regional, and then she kind of moved uptown to a, a, a multi-story, maybe a 10-story Ramada Inn, the downtown Ramada Inn. And she secured a place in the in the basement of that, that uh, Ramada Inn. And then she was able to bring in not just regional blues acts, she was bringing in national. And I, I never understood because even at full capacity, it was 100, 100 people in that club. And they, and they had, you know, a, a full restaurant and a bar and they had great production. And she operated that for about 13 or 14 years. And I could go there and, and listen to some of the, you know, like I say, some of the best uh, blues musicians out of Chicago uh, or... Uh, St. Louis, and my son went to school in St. Louis, and I used to go to the clubs there when I'd visit him. 
and there, you know, it's all around us. And, uh, and I just kind of immersed myself in it, you know, and, uh, and took every opportunity that I could to, to go uh, enjoy music in a club. And, uh, Certainly this woman with the Uncle Bose was the name of the club. And I kept telling people, my friends, I said, you, you need to go. You, you can't believe what you'll see there. And she has pictures. She had pictures of all the artists displayed in the club that it had ever played there. And, uh, you know, that's, that's where I, you know, I heard Samantha Fish sit in there at 17 years old. Uh, wow. And uh, uh, there were there were other artists, uh, you know, uh, that appeared on regular basis there, and uh, it existed for a long time. I never quite understood how she could support it, but it worked. Uh, and uh, that you know that just didn't, when when you want to go buy somebody's CD, you know, and have them sign, wait around, have them sign it. I did a lot of that. I mean, to me, that's the motivation. If you like that, you like what you're you're hearing, that you want to take it home with you and listen to it again. Uh, you know, I think that's important. And, I, and a little sideline. And I don't know if it's still the case, but when Samantha Fish played the Blues Festival in in uh, Paxico, Kansas, she sold three thousand dollars worth of CDs. Nice. I mean, I don't. I don't know. Maybe that's not any record by in any terms. That's a lot. Big, yeah, that's a lot. Probably, especially for some like 10, 15 bucks a piece. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but anyway, that, that, uh, we're looking forward to a great show. The, the women we had at the last go around, they, they got into some antics up on stage. And, <laughs> It it was really uh, pretty interesting. And the master of ceremonies is my nephew, and they call he calls himself the sheriff. He wears a cowboy hat, and people think he's actually sheriff, but he's not. But <laughs> but they tied the sheriff to to a chair with the with the guitar cords, and <laughs> took his pistol out of his pocket and said, "Now we're in charge." <laughs> and so it was. And you know they were they were they, they were really cutting up on the stage and having a great time, and I would look forward to something like that happening again this year. But uh, yeah, it was it was great. A good clean fun. I'm, quick, yeah. My question's for you, Seth. How did you get involved with this family and this event? <laughs> Sorry, not oh, to chuckle, man. not to chuckle, know. bud. <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, go yeah. ahead. Yeah, I mean, uh, I won't tread lightly here. Uh, <laughs> um, no, you know, it's the thing. Um, Rosa, Rosa, Bud's daughter, who who's also on the board and runs, you know, really runs a lot, a lot of the festival um, herself, taking in, in her parents' footsteps. But no, Rosa and I, we lived in Chicago. We met in Chicago, and um, you know, we're like I said, going on our twelfth wedding anniversary. We got married the. the the weekend of the festival so wow uh, that's awesome but, you should have um, got married at the festival come on man well we did the, the day before and so this year it just happens to fall <laughs> the festival, but that was a wedding party yeah yeah well the, the the whole wedding party stayed around for the festival that was the idea um but uh so it, yeah i mean you know 
when you when you when you join this family and you and you join Paxico, whether um you know you're invited or not, you you get thrown into a lot of festivals. So that's uh, that's kind of how it came about. No, I mean in all honesty, like it's it's a magical town. It's a magical place. I feel fortunate enough to be a part of this festival and this family and the you know even so remotely uh, you know part of the community and and um you know i hope our kids continue to participate in it and you know generations to come so it's, i look at it as, as a generational kind of kind of uh, a duty at this point as far as being in, affiliated with the you're just married into it or born into it you're part of it you're yeah, yeah. um no it's it's fantastic you know it's um um, it's been I've been again fortunate to be a part of it but it's really great because it has become you know like we said for the community we have a family that that attends the festival that's been there every single year the festival's been on a family and they turned they've turned it into their family their family reunion and they're the first ones there at 7 a.m sitting up their chairs um, this year we recognized them on stage you know they, they haven't missed a festival and it's grown to 20 25 family members and it's always like i think the grandfather's birthday so they celebrate his birthday and you know that's what it's become for our family and other families alike it's been a weekend that everyone gets together and can count on every year and can count on great you know free community entertainment um that also benefits great artists and musicians um economically and 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 has a great impact on on the sustainability of, of a small town and community, um, you know, for years to come. And, and so I, we're all, we're all kind of tied into it at this point and everyone does their part. And I just do a very tiny little by being, you know, being here with the family marrying into the family, I guess. A little side note, there was an unannounced marriage proposal that took place on stage last year. Yeah. That was amazing. Uh, yeah. A young couple, both handsome and a beautiful young woman got his guy got down and got down on his knees and proposed marriage to her on the stage in front of the in front of the the uh, whole festival uh the, that that was great that was a great response did they did they work that with you ahead of time or did they just run up on stage no. and do it <laughs> <laughs> they just asked if they could come up on stage he wanted to propose marriage to this woman and mike said yeah. well i yeah, yeah, I guess so. Go ahead. Yeah, they worked it out with the MC, and she had no idea, so she was totally surprised. We have some good pictures of it, and um, it'll be good to follow up this year and see how that that engagement. See, if, going. see, if, see what, yeah, what's going on. Yeah, you know what? You've got to be pretty sure. You got to be pretty sure she's going to say yes if you make that kind of public spectacle <laughs> out of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it'll be very that, memorable for everybody. Yeah, once you drop to the knee, there's no turning back. <laughs> So, um, you know, it, obviously Kansas City being a, a huge city, they've, they've got their music scene, blues scene. But I'm curious about Topeka and Wichita. Do they have a, a, a blues scene going on there? Uh, Topeka, not so much. There is a very active blues society, which I'm a member of, the Topeka Blues Society. And, of course, they, uh, they you know, they send a contestant every year to, to Memphis uh, for the IBC. Uh, and they do, they have a strong focus. It was surrounded about this, around the club uh, that closed, you know, and unfortunately, I think it really suffered a little bit from that closing of that club. But they do a lot of youth uh, programs through the summer in the park. There's a little amphitheater in the park. And I have been and attended a couple of those events 
And they're bringing 11 and 12 year old kids up on the stage that play guitar and have, have written a song and perform it. And I mean, it's just uh, that kind of amazing stuff. They, they invite usually a, a known original blues musician. They request that that musician uh, do something within uh, young people's community, like maybe go to a school and put on a little program with the kids uh, to let them know, you know, this is what we do for a living, you know. And, and uh, the, the kids seem to take a lot of interest in that. And, uh, and, the, and the artists do as well. I mean, they're always willing to do that. So they spend the day at maybe a school or two and then perform that evening in the park. So uh, they have, I think, 10 different performances, uh, various places. Most of them take place in the park uh, through the course of the summer. And uh, yeah, so there isn't a real active club that I'm aware of right now, but uh, there's been some really good ones. And uh, Uncle Bo's was the best. Very cool, very cool. Jason, you got anything else? Or you guys want to do a lightning round? Or, or I'll tell you what. Let's do a lightning round. I have three questions for the lightning round for these guys before we set them out of here. You know, and we're recording this on Thursday, September 7th. It's the first day of the NFL season, and the Kansas City Chiefs are playing. I would imagine one of you, you guys are Kansas City Chiefs fans, maybe. Oh, yeah. No? yeah that's okay. Oh, yeah. We got yeah, lots I'm surprised. Of I'm surprised you hadn't cut us off already. I grew up in Cincinnati and I'm a oh. Bengals fan. So okay. we're, we have to fight a little bit if you're a Chiefs fan, because these last couple of years, we've, we've taken turns beating each other up. Yeah. And probably for a few years to come, too. So Yeah. And that's what I'm looking forward to. Right. This should be a pretty good rivalry for years to come. OK, yeah. we'll go to the lightning round. Three questions for you guys, all festival related. So. What's been the most memorable performance other than the uh, engagement thing that you've seen on the stage throughout the history? And I know, Seth, you've been there not quite as long. So, Bud, I'll let you give an answer. And, Seth, I'll let you give an answer for the most memorable performance you've seen. Oh, boy. <laughs> that's, a tough that's, a, that's a tough question. We ask the hard questions here in the line. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I oh boy. Like what sticks out of your mind? Like, hey. Well, okay. I'm gonna go with DC Bellamy many years ago when he was a little bit more focused on, you know, performing. Because he got crowd involvement, the most crowd involvement that I've ever seen by any entertainer at a festival. Uh, you know, to get the people uh, to sing along with him, to respond uh, to the lyrics of the songs. And and, uh, and he is the type of individual who always has a smile on his face, very animated. Uh, and it, even in the crowd, he works the crowd when he's not up on the stage. But D.C. Bellamy is definitely a performer. And... Uh, you know, his family's from Chicago and and uh, he, you know, he's not a big name performer, but he, but uh, in terms of crowd motivation, I'd go with DC Bellamy. Very good. Seth? 
Yeah, he's a Paxco Blues Fest legend and 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 rightfully member of our our wall of fame for sure. Um, yeah, I mean the the obvious ones stick out is is you know the the Samantha Fish and and Daniel Nicole and, and those things that are expected. But I I, I go with Bud, um, but in a in a more recent act. And I, I've only missed I think three festivals. We're still trying to figure this out. It depends on when they start to claim me. But uh, I think I think <laughs> first was oh seven. But we have to go back to the math. But um, I really, I just really enjoy Akeem Kemp and Akeem Kemp has been to the festival two times now, including back last year. He's a, a blues guitarist out of Arkansas, um, young guy in his twenties. And, and we had him, you know, we had him on a few years back when he was even early, you know, younger than that, maybe 19 or 20, 21 years old, but a young, uh, blues guitar prodigy out of Arkansas, great guy. Um, but he can really pull in the crowd too. I mean, it's, it's him and two other guys and they just get up there and they play the blues and his guitar and performance and crowd engagements incredible. And and this year he, um, you know, he got the crowd involved and he brought some kids up on stage and he let kids play guitar, like in the songs with him. And he's just, um, you know, he teaches, teaches blues guitar back in Arkansas and, you know, is involved with, with youth and youth education, which is a big Part of us in this festival and this mission is continuing to provide resources for for music, blues, music, arts, and 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 cultural and entrepreneurship. And so, Akeem Kemp's really great. If you guys haven't had a chance to check him out, um, I recommend that you do. And if you ever get a chance to see him live, definitely go do that. I made a note of that name, Brian. Very good. Who is your money? Whatever, nothing. There's no limit on this. There's no limitation. But who would be your ultimate person you'd love to have at this festival perform who do you want to go first bud anybody uh, anybody anybody I, want to go i was we pretty might, hot we on, might have the same answer go ahead i was pretty hot on kingfish when i first heard him the first time i heard him uh it was something that just struck a chord with me and uh, Mike, my nephew, was talking about him, and 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 then I viewed, you know, his performance somewhere, maybe at a festival. And there was something about that guy that that really, that that kind of tricked my trigger, and uh, and I I was disappointed, you know, that we couldn't make it happen to bring him to the festival. But uh, yeah, I would say Kingfish, you know. Um, what do you have? I, I would have had a different answer if you asked me this last year um, and and probably somebody that, you know, wasn't alive. So it wouldn't have been that interesting anyways. But, you know, um, I lived in Chicago for many years and we were fortunate enough to live close to Buddy, Buddy Guy's club and be able to go down and see Buddy Guy. And, and also, again, all the young artists that he would bring in that club, you know, 15, 16 year old guitar players that not now gone on to do great things and got to see some really young guitar players in that club down there but i kind of you know you kind of forget about buddy guy and just how magical of a personality he is and and what a national treasure he is at 84 years old and thinking back with my dad and dad being such a big bb king fan and john lee hooker and and you know all the old greats and you know, uh, Muddy Waters, and I'm a huge Lead Belly fan, you know, just being down here in New Orleans and stuff. But uh, Buddy Guy, it's like I got to saw him, see him at Blues Fest this year, and I had just forgotten what a wonderful performer he is and how, again, engaging he is on stage and how charming he is and how um, just a wealth of, of story and knowledge he is of the blues and how many, how few of these guys are left and how, how, how much of a treat it is to get to see them 
you know, at this point in this stage in their career with with all of the journeys and stories that they've had in the blues. And um, it's not even just the things that they say or they sing, but just the things that you can see on their face and the way that they perform and 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 what that has meant over the last, you know, five, six, seven decades in some cases with these guys. So, I mean, buddy guy at 85 years old, downtown Paxico, in my opinion, you know, all decked out to the nines would be would be pretty awesome. But <laughs> so uh, maybe maybe we can we can talk him into it one day. Uh, you know what? It's a, it would be a legendary performance and a legendary <laughs> opportunity for him. A great, great way to cap a long career. Right. All right. Last question. What is your favorite moment that you've had with the history of the Paxico Blues Festival? I'll go, I'll go first. Just let, um, okay. let Bud think on this a little bit. He's probably, I'm sure he's got, got many, but, um, you know, for me, it, it, um, it was the it was the first um, you know a time a time kind of here recently where where we've had you know kind of some ups and downs and the first time that we got to bring our kids to that festival and um, and see kind of the next you know generation all together you know on stage and running around the festival and and enjoying the music and adding another generation to this tradition uh, of the Paxico Blues Festival in Paxico Kansas. Um, was just really remarkable for me as someone who, again, is married into the family and and just kind of the moment where it felt like it's all come together um, for me personally as a family and and that there's and now there's there's um, you know there's an opportunity for it to continue um, you know as a family and be part of that from from my standpoint. So, the family and the community um, every year is is really the most special moment and and the people that come together to make this happen. That's a nice sentiment. That's a, I, uh, you know, it's, it's you softy. I can see <laughs> yeah, why. <laughs> well, you know, facts still do that. So you guys should, should come check it out. <laughs> I would love to. All right, Bud, you, you've been there since the beginning. What is your favorite memory so far from the festival? You know, it, it's kind of a tragic one in a way, but there was a man in the crowd who, uh, his friend that contacted me who said he, he wanted to have this man attend. And he said, he's, uh, he has stage four cancer. He's not expected to live long and his wish is to attend the festival. And I said, okay, uh, George, I said, you know, we'll make every accommodation. He said, you'll have to bring him in in a wheelchair. And so I, I had an opportunity to meet him. And he said, I've enjoyed myself so much. Uh, I want to thank you for, for putting on this festival. You brought joy into my life, and I need that right now. And he said, I'm going to make a sizable donation to you. Or maybe he didn't even say that. I don't think he even said it. And then, uh, you know, we had some conversation. He said, I hope to be here next year. And uh, it didn't happen. But I felt like there we put a little spark of something. We we made his life a little happier for at least a day, uh, in in view of the fact that he's battling this disease, and uh, he 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 made out an envelope and he presented it to his friend, and his friend brought it uh, to the stage, and he had donated a thousand dollars to this festival. And it was back when we were per operating right on the edge, you know, mm -hmm. of trying to put it on. And it's just a real memorable moment. And 
in in terms of the really the spontaneous uh, response to what was going on in the town with the music with the people and and you know and i would get questions over the years about well you got cow because we're in a we're in a ranching area here there's some farming going on i'm watching a combine go across the field right out in front of my house here across the road and they're combining corn but but if you go to the tavern on for lunch there's cowboys with spurs in there and their horses and the trailers and those guys come to the festival and when i had a couple of people ask me how do the african-american people how do you get them to mix with the cowboys i said i don't plan that that's not pre-planned that's just happening that's music. Just, it's music and they're enjoying friendship and talking to people and i you know i have a a black friend that comes from L.A. every year, a guy I went to high school with, and he brings his family, and they all intermix with all the people in attendance, and a lot of people they don't even know. I mean, they just, it, it's, you can feel that in the crowd, you know, and that's a, that to me is a, is a memorable moment, you know, it, it, that crowd response, that, that that special feeling they have and then project to the to the musicians on stage and i i we had one in oh man i don't remember who it was he said i just played a ten thousand per person festival out in, in california and i want to tell you right now i enjoy this festival your small festival much more than playing to ten thousand people and i thought you know that's that's a big part of it. The, the response to the music, the musicians, they live for that. You know that is number one. <laughs> that's why they do it. So uh, that that to me is a memorable moment of crowd response. But I think you said it best. I'm going to go back on that and kind of close it out with that. Plaxico. Mm -hmm. Blues Festival, making everybody's lives better for one day. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. And that's the goal. What do you think, Brian? That's uh, two very wonderful stories. And, you know, for me, it's like music is this magical place where we can find our similarities. You know, right. there's so much. Bring, pushes down the walls. But unfavorable things everybody. going on, yeah. you know, with the divisiveness and all that. But music is the magic place to find our, our, our uh, similarities. And I think that's beautiful. You know, I think the musicians did so much during the Vietnam era and, and the following that, the civil rights era. I mean, the music was the most important thing. The entertainers, very significant and influential in trying to make things right. I mean, you know, it just, you know, I lived that. And, I, and sometimes I think, man, we've got so far away from that. What is going on with this country that we can't bring everybody together mm -hmm. and, you know, listen to the same music and, and enjoy each other's company? I mean, uh, I don't know. What do you think? I blame auto-tuning. Because <laughs> <laughs> now you don't have to be talented. You can just use computers. Probably, probably something there. Something to that, yeah. I mean, people uh, got to realize the real world is outside of social media. I mean, there yeah, are some good uh, things that come from it, but, you know, but yeah. Yeah. 
Well, yeah. um, you know, like we say, you know, we, we like to keep it simple in Paxico and, and focus on, on what's important, which is the music and the community. And, and that's something that, that we're consistent with every year. And I think that's why everybody keeps coming back. Like, like Bud mentioned, um, you know, he, you know, there's something, something for everybody in Paxico from, from music to food, to shopping, to community, to culture, to, you know, to just a new rural good time. So <laughs> that's what we like to stick with. I'm going to have to take a look at whether or not I take a road trip uh, to you guys next year. Both my kids are in college. I grab my wife, although I'm not sending my wife anywhere near Bud's store because I don't yeah. like when she spends Ooh. money. <laughs> oh, yeah. that's okay. That's all right. Well, yeah. again, there's something for everybody. So, um, yeah, no, that'd be great. Let us know. Next year we'll be celebrating the 20th anniversary and and um, come a long way for this festival. And so hopefully we can get another special year going on. But um, yeah, this year is going to be great. I you know encourage folks to check out the website, check out Facebook, um, PaxicoBluesFest.com, um, Facebook, Instagram. Um, the team has done really good of, of just promoting the artists, the sponsors, um, and the vendors also for this year. So a lot of information there for the festival, kind of day of what to do stuff. But um, it's a bring your own cooler, set up shop and and get your seat and, and settle in and, and get ready to dance for the day. So uh, uh, make it as simple as possible. Well, you already answered our last question. Where do we go to send our listeners <laughs> to find out more about you, your event and all that? And it looks like Facebook, Instagram, you've got all of it, right, Brian? Yes, indeed. Yeah, so before yeah. we close on, I just want to say one other thing, you know, like me being in North Dakota, you know, going back to when I was younger, I, you know, wasn't you know i'm like oh, i gotta get out of this part of the midwest whatever but as i've gotten older I've, I've learned to appreciate it more and have respect for the midwest and since we've been doing this podcast there's like you know in minnesota and even in my town there's like a lot of you know good music coming around so i just you know part of this being your festival in kansas i just i feel like i need to give more love to the midwest and you know especially the plain states the dakotas you know nebraska and kansas so it's really awesome what you guys are doing here. So thank you so much to Seth and Bud from the Pasco Blues Festival. Thank you so much for being on. Anytime you guys want to come back, we'd love to have you. So thank you so much for being We need here. that 20th anniversary show, Brian, next year. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Back. I'm pretty sure, yeah. Well, thank you, you, you guys. If you know any names, go ahead, Bud. Thanks to you guys for giving us the opportunity to visit. I uh, hope you learned something. Uh but I'll leave you, leave you with the lyrics of a song. Uh, it may be a man's world, but it's nothing without a woman. Thank you so much, so very, very much to Bud and Seth, uh, founders of the Pasco Blues Festival. Um, I always love talking to, to you know, older uh, gentlemen and ladies about, you know, music and blues, whatever style, going many years back. And, and we've got to hear a lot in that episode we got to hear about miss marvine who we hopefully can talk to you know that that would have to be a joy you know she's got all these connections in, in kansas city yeah i love just having the history of you know you get this town that's 210 people by the latest census and they've been putting on this festival for 19 years that attracts thousands of people and how this has happened with their love of the blues, with the history of the railroad coming through, you know, the African-American workers are, who take the soul and the gospel, which later became blues. You know, people settled there and that just became, you know, a music of the land. I would have never expected that in a little town 
between Topeka and Manhattan, Kansas. Yeah, that in, sounds like a really special, fascinating town, you know. Um, and this, you know, at this festival, there's been a marriage. There's been, you know, uh, a gentleman was allowed to, uh, you know, have his cancer wish before he passed away. And uh, yep, the sheriff got tied up, and they the stole his gun. <laughs> um, and you know, all the, you know, you know, uh, Seth talking about all his family being there, and. You know, that's the thing about blues festivals from kids to grandparents has got everything there. It's a mellow, great time. Um, it just sounds wonderful, man. It just sounds wonderful. And some good artists have come through there. You know, they talked about Samantha Fish before she was known like she is now. It's been a springboard, you know, a lot of talent this year. Brian, I took down some names of some people I've listened to that I've already liked. Um, Akira Granger, Alyssa Galvin, who's the, the young lady who they were talking about. Kelly Baker, who's headlining, who, who fronts a blues band out of um, the East Coast, out of New York. I wonder if our buddies in, in New York know her. Like, I bet Deb Debbie knows her, maybe our, our friends in Jane Lee Hooker. Mm-hmm. Probably Rob Cloris probably knows her. Andy Alador <laughs> surely knows her. He knows everybody. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, our friends in Brooklyn certainly know a lot of folks. but uh... Uh, They do. But it's, it's a cool festival. It's put on by the families and the communities there. Uh, it's free to get in. So they really rely on some donations uh, to help pay for the artists and the things, you know, to get in, to get, bring people in, um, buying the merchandise and you can donate. In fact, if you go to the website, it's just PaxicoBluesFest.com. Um, you can find out the spot where you can donate online to them at the same time. And again, it's free for anybody to come and show up. They've got to pay the artists and, and the people that work there. So Take advantage of it. Check out. Go to the website. Go see them. Donate to them. Let's keep this thing running because we heard next year, Brian, will be the 20th anniversary. And we're going to pull out all the stops to be there. So you guys in the area or even outside the area, that area of Kansas, you guys get to this festival, the Paxco Blues Festival, a free fest. You can have nothing but a good time and shop some antiques, hear great music, hang with great people. So always remember, Southern Rock is reverent and blues is blood. We'll see you next time.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 